Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Yeah, it's Friday, and it's a busy weekend here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Battle of Alberta coming up. Two versions tonight and tomorrow here in Calgary tonight. Tomorrow out in Edmonton. We'll have it all for you right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. I'm Kelly Kirsch. Logan Gordon is producing today. We've got a busy show for you. We're going to talk a little AJHL in the last segment just before 1 o'clock. Are they coming back? What is going on? We'll get an update from our uh, from our AJHL insider from uh, from Kaylee, Alberta, to give you a little hint of what's happening with that. Uh, Eric Francis Friday's coming up uh, about twelve thirty or so, and we'll be chatting with uh, Peter LeBron. Do we have Lou ready to go, Logs, or what's happening with him? What's it? What's going on? Not ready. Always ready to go. Well, let's go. Let's talk to Lou. Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. This must mean Yeah, I think it's uh, it's time for everyone to do something different. I think, uh, you know, once in a while you're going to have a couple bad starts, but uh, this has been going on for, for the whole season pretty much, so... I think uh, it's time for, for everyone to do, you know, just nothing too crazy, but just do something a little bit different. So, hmm. Okay. Nothing too crazy, but something a little bit different. Uh, what do you think of that, Lou? I can't hear Lou right now. He's trying to. I'm not sure why no one's reaching out. So, Oh, I can hear you okay. now, Lou. Can you okay. hear me? I can't. Okay, we'll, t- we'll take a little break. We'll have just a reset, and we'll try and get this figured out because, uh, Lou, I can hear him, but he can't hear us, and that's going to be a I bad thing. Oh, I you can you hear now. me now. Sorry. You should have seen the intro I had probably will go to the Broadcast Hall of Fame, oh, but you, you just never I'm heard so it. sorry. <laughs> no, it, it didn't. But we, I'm, we, I'm, on, I'm on the headset and um, instead of the phone because I always like the sound quality. So yeah. can, you, can you give me a, like just a small little recap? I don't know. I don't know. No? Okay. I don't know. Right. Maybe, maybe next you time. You can't. You can't dial it up for me again. <laughs> I know it's too gone. <laughs> I'm too nervous. But you know, <laughs> you're talking about back-to-back games, and right. uh, man, we've had some interesting stuff on on our radio station for the last mm, 48 hours or so. Mm. Um, and I think we're gonna have some more, which is great. Great for uh, well, if you thought the the you know with no fans in the stands, if you thought maybe the passion had gone out, no. There is, uh, they are there. The fans are around and they are vocal. And uh, if the text line is any indication, they are very, very upset and they want to see something going on. And then we played the clip of uh, Jacob Markstrom, and um, yeah, he wants he wants something a little bit different. Lindholm, Lindholm, sorry, Eliza Lindholm, sorry. Yeah, he does want something different, and you can understand why he wants something different and what they'd like to be different to be frank, is it's become an all-too-common phrase. It's a team that needs to start on time. It needs to understand situations in hockey games. And when the habits are right, Kelly, and you repeat them over and over, that's generally how you get to a better place. Now, coming up, don't miss it tonight on the coaching coaches show on Flames Warm-Up. I asked Jeff about... Um, you know, with limited practice time, how you how you fix or work on those kind of habits. But, you know, Jeff also pointed to this, and, and I really believe this, Kelly, um, more than almost anything. 
and that is no matter what your job is or what your routine is, things can feel and become pretty routine. And I think with all the outside noise, and there's more outside noise, I think, this year than ever before, and part of it is because players aren't in the same type of routine. Like it's, You know how we talk, Kelly, about the bubble and what I loved about the bubble is that it's all hockey. Yeah. Because you don't have, like, this to me is the greatest measure in part to evaluate because there isn't any way to go. And if you're not all in and you're not emotionally attached and if your work isn't good and that when the noise creeps in, it gets difficult. So let's get away from philosophy and let's talk about the fact that Jacob Marstrom's not going to play tonight. He's not going to play. David Riddick will make just his third start of the season. And and I think, you know, a big part of it, and Jacob didn't skate today for a second straight day. Kelly, there's one player on this team in particular. You don't have to question his emotional engagement, his involvement, his consistency, his play. He's been great. Yeah. With a capital G. And if they wanted him to play tonight and tomorrow night and Monday night and Tuesday night, his preparation would be great. His habits would be great. But I do think at a certain point in time, even for the greatest of people, they need a bit of a mental break. This isn't as much physical. Just like for the group. It's not about their inability to have physical things come together. This is not about where, to be honest, and I know you've never been afraid with people being honest. This isn't about who's going to play with who and what your line combinations are. Now, if there's some injuries, yes. I don't look at those as no excuse. I mean, when you lose key people, and we just talked about, you're not going to have a key guy, your best guy, in the lineup tonight. So what does that mean? Well, it means that the details of the game of the Flames need to be incredibly sharp. And to be honest, and it it's not being harsh, if you can't be emotionally attached tonight, then you got some pretty yeah. big fish to fry. Yeah, and, and I fr- don't even like fish. No, fish, no, no good. I'm not a big fan either. We're from Saskatchewan. <laughs> it's not not the right thing, right? That's how that no, works. <laughs> no, listen, and I'm Greek, and a lot of Greeks like the fish. It's good. It's number one, but no, I don't need the fish. The thing is, they owe it to themselves, and I've you've talked to enough, you know, current and and former NHL players. After it's all said and done, um, and we talk about interference and noise, and really what the fans and what the media is saying is just just noise in the background. And really, it's the old thing. Potential, uh, it, it, if you take your potential, you get rid of the interference, you get your performance. And that is a bit of a cliche, but it's true. So all this stuff that's been going on, they, they, got, uh, they got it handed to them against the Canucks. They don't want that to happen again. I mean, it, it's gut check time. They also have to play for David Riddick because there's a guy that's had... Uh, He's 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 been uh, stressing out a little bit because he hasn't played. So now it's his turn to kind of, you know, they got to play for him too. So there's there's so many storylines, and then you're and you're taking on a on a pretty red, not a red hot, but they're playing really well, the Edmonton Oilers. So this this is going to be something, and well, uh, it, yeah, it, it it's a great test for David. And I asked Jeff today about his work and his habits, 
and in observing him myself, um, one thing about David is you never have to worry about whether he's emotionally attached. You know, in the case of David, um, what we've seen with him, and he's been through a lot. Remember, at this point last year, he was uh, coming off an all-star game performance. So he is more than capable. But he reset himself in the summer. He had some help, you know, and it's mental health awareness and hockey talks time as I'm looking at a sign right now. It's so important. It's never been more important. So David's done a lot of work, and it's a big change. This is a great opportunity for him. Yeah. It's it's a great opportunity for him. But, Kelly, whether it's Jacob or whether it's David, if you don't play the right way in front of your guys, it's not going to matter. No. Be- because this isn't about – Like, I've said it a lot on this show this year. Your goalie, it's great to have one of the best goalies. It's great potentially to have one of the best goaltending tandems. But that can't be your calling card, Kelly, every night. It can't. You're not going to get to where you want to get to. Those guys have to be... Um, it, what's the new group that we're, uh, we're involved in in terms of the food scenario? Oh, uh, a fair deal. Yes. A fair deal. Okay? <laughs> so that guy needs to be the baklava <laughs> okay. in, in a Mediterranean feast. Okay. <laughs> he, he can't be the main course. So, you know, David, big assignment tonight. The team has a big assignment, and it's time. And, and a big reason it's time is because your number one guy needed a little time. And there's yeah. no doubt, regardless of what happens tonight, you know who's playing tomorrow. Yeah. And he'll be ready, and he'll be at a high level. Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting when we talked about, you know, they haven't found a goalie since Mika Kiprasov, and this kind of reminds me of the time when, when Mika was here because yes. they were always trying to find a backup goalie, and they, were, they knew they had to give uh, – 34 the time off, but they were absolutely scared because they needed the points so bad. And, uh, you know, there's some, some, you can't play them for, for every single game. And, you know, I, I think they just but want. Kelly, don't you think, not to cut you off, but yeah. don't you think part of it, even in the Mika situation, is when you have a great goalie, it can mask other things. Oh, yes, it does. It does. Yeah. It's, it sure does. So this will be interesting to see. What, now let's talk a little bit about the defense. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Looks like uh, Mackey's going to be back in after a game off. Well, we talked earlier this week, and I'm really excited because you asked me my favorite question of the whole week. And that favorite question, for those who didn't hear, is you said, hey, Lou, at some point would Connor require some time in the American League? And I answered the same way. Now I get to see what I speculated on, and that is – well, when you play against the likes of McDavid and Dreisaitl, I can't think of a better evaluating tool for a young player than to see how you shine or how you deal is a better adjective playing against those types of elite people and what that is going to require. Mm-hmm. So he comes in tonight for Nesterov, which is a great thing because I could – honestly see a scenario with all the games that you're going to play, the different types of matchups. Um, but the thing I love about Connor Mackey is this. You know, he's 24, so he's not an 18- or 19-year-old rookie. 
But what I loved about him in those two games against Vancouver, and especially Saturday night, Kelly, just like the whole team, it's really hard to execute and be pretty good when you're in the middle of grenades going off. Well, Saturday night in Vancouver, that was a difficult night for anybody to be good. And when that 45-save effort of Jacob Markstrom was all said and done, Connor Mackey was one of, for me, the top three guys that I liked in the whole game. So we'll see him very likely on a pairing. Optional skate today. We haven't even got there. So it's really hard to read into the lineup, but I would expect him to play with Rasmus Anderson tonight, Giordano continuing to play with Valimaki, and, of course, you know, the staple of your defensive group being Tanev and Hannafin. And I think Tanev and Hannafin likely see a lot of McDavid when his group is out there, and, you know, we'll see how it goes from there. Okay. Um yeah, we're running out of time because I've got a write-in question. I know you gave me your kind of rundown, but I've got one to throw at you, so sure. I wanna, I'm want to. i going to skip around a little bit. Uh, a lot of focus on McDavid and Drysaddle, no no, no doubt. There's, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a new slash for you. But it, uh, you don't want to forget about di- a dynamic duel when it, when it comes to the Flames, uh, when it comes to success against the Oilers. Who do you mean? Well, who I mean is Elias Lindholm and Andrew Mangiapane. So, um as much as the Flames are scuffling, they have won four of the last five meetings between these two teams, including that impressive 6-4 victory here on the 6th of February. Kelly, how about these for numbers? And I know you like numbers. Okay. So in those last five games, Andrew Mangiapane has three goals, five assists for eight points, and he is plus eight. Elias Lindholm has six goals and an assist, seven points, and he is plus seven. And um, McDavid and Dreisaitl are the marquee people, but those two gentlemen have played at an ex- at an exceptional level, and they are a massive reason why the Flames have won four of the last five meetings. And when you think about the matchups, especially Elias Lindholm tonight, they don't get any more difficult than what you have to face as a center iceman when you're playing against this team. Outside of maybe, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Pittsburgh Penguins with Malkin and Crosby. Yeah. So those numbers, those numbers show a lot. And Jeff will address why they've been so successful coming up on the coaches show. And he didn't go much farther than their ability to be incredibly competitive and the ability for them to ante up in big games. I was thinking about the the uh, chatter on online. I was thinking about you know what's been going on in this radio station, what's happening on overtime, all that kind of stuff, where mm-hmm. people talking about the room and the chemistry in the room. And then I was thinking about this as I was driving into work, listening to the guys this morning, and I'm thinking, you know, and probably we can't get into it now, but I, I and maybe next week we can we can talk about it. Um, the changing of the guard of those leaders is, you know, and how that happens. Because you mentioned Manjapani. We've talked about Dylan Dubé. We've talked about Elias Lindholm, uh, Matthew Kachuk. This really is one of those teams that 
maybe we're seeing it right before our eyes and maybe they don't realize it yet. But those young guys are becoming the fabric of who this team is and they how are. they play. And I think that's probably a, a topic for another day and we'll let, let the Battle of Alberta happen. But I think I'd love to kind of dig into that a little bit next week because it's um, it's it happens in professional sports and sometimes it uh, it happens sooner than later. You know, we've had a lot of the same 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 guys and same core, but we're also seeing some some of these young guys come up that are that are fairly new to the to the team that are establishing themselves in, in key situations. So I'd love to talk about that. So we'll, let's we'll, let's let's do that for sure because yep. you know me well enough after yep. all these years. I think about that type yeah. of stuff every day. It's, it's so important, and, and I've said it a million times. Every ex-NHL guy I talk to, that's they, they talk about that a lot, more so than hockey than any other professional sport. That that, that locker room dynamic is so important. We're going to run out of time, but I do I do want to get, before we get to the mailbag, mm-hmm. Sidney Crosby is going to play 1,000 oh. games. Um, the only Pittsburgh Penguin to do it, and when you consider, you know, how close it came to his career being over with those concussions and how he battled back and look after himself. And, you know, I, I read a, a, a book, uh, Garrett Joyce's book last year, and it was mm-hmm. just, I learned so much about his upbringing. You know, I was unaware that he didn't come from a lot of money and it was, it was tight to get him into minor hockey. And he's, he's never forgotten his roots and the people who got him there. And I was, someone said he's, he's a, He's got elite, world-class skill, but he plays like a fourth liner that might get sent down to the minors. He just the, the attention to detail. Give me your thoughts on, on Sid the Kid that is going to play game 1,000 here this week. You know weekend. what, Kelly? I'll try to be as brief as I can. Um, you know, I, I got to sit down with Sidney for the first time as a 16-year-old in Ramuski when I was, you know, at Sportsnet Television. And um, I always say this about him. I left that room. I looked at my cameraman and I said, this guy is not only driven to be great. He's driven to be the absolute best. And that was when he was 16. That was after a half an hour conversation. And what I've loved about Sydney, outside of the type of human being is he hasn't forgot his roots. He's never forgotten about who's been a big part of the journey. But we've talked a lot today, and we do, Kelly, even in regards to the Flames, about an ability to adjust and do different. Sidney Crosby has never sat on his laurels, ever, ever. He has always been someone who has continued to work diligently every single day, and, and here's the greatest line I've heard recently about hockey players, and I think it applies to people, and this is his trademark. Jeff Ward has said on a couple of occasions this year that the greatest people at anything don't spend all their time working at what they're great at. They spend the majority of the time working on things that they're not as good at. That is Sidney Crosby to a T. And the other thing is, Sidney's competitive nature, he cares about winning, and regardless of the role and what it is taken or what it is required for him, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think of the story where he, um, 
you know, had that great start to his season. Uh, the Penguins weren't great. And then, you know, but people said, oh, this guy's got it. And he didn't, you know, pat himself on the back. He said, yeah, but I'm, I really got to work on my face-offs. And because he wasn't good at it, his, his first, you know, right. little, and stint in the league. And he worked at it and worked at it. And now he's one of the best. And I just think, you know, there's a guy that goes, yeah, I'm not great at, you know, you see it in basketball all the time. He's like, great player. Can't, can't do can't free shoot throw. a free yeah, throw. Yeah, can't do it. Right. And there's lots of guys that do it. Right. Some of the best yep. in the league. And he probably said, you know what? I'm just not that great at it. But he said, nope, it's an art to it. I'm going to nail it down. And he spent time in the offseason and got better at it and made it part of his craft. And I go, hmm. That's telling when, when somebody does that. So I think that's pretty cool. So he will play game number 1,000. It is Friday, start of the weekend, before the Battle of Alberta. Of course, it's time for Lou's Mailbag. Lou's Mailbag, brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Book your table today to enjoy their award-winning steak. A world-class dining experience awaits, with added efforts to ensure safety and comfort. We've gotten so many entries. I've got to thank everybody. Some really good questions. Keep them coming in. Go to sportsnet.ca slash 960. Go to contest. Look for Lou's mailbag. Get your question in there. And uh, every Friday, you could be winning a $100 gift card to Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Uh, Steve Kusin did that, and here's his question. Hi, Lou. Given the, that the league is generally past the quarter pole of the season, and in the equivalent uh, spirit of Peter Marr, he used to do this all the time, Marzi, uh, the analysis of league standings at American Thanksgiving. <laughs> Can you provide your own uh, prognostication of, uh, of where you see the uh, uh, teams qualifying? We had Eric DeHatchik on, and his rough math was 67 points. It kind of gets messed up a little bit with all the three-point games, but uh, Stephen's kind of wondering, that top four, those top four slots, you've got to get the Flames in there. What do you think the cut line's going to be? No, no, we're talking about the Northern Division, or yeah. are we talking Nor- about points? No, Northern Division. How, Northern what, Division? Yeah, points or percentage or, or however you want to do it. Uh, okay, well, just because uh, I can never stay away from a great Roos Chris question, even though I don't enjoy the prognostication and the prediction business, here's what I think from what I've seen so far. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs, are the best team in the North, and they will finish first. I think there is very little to choose. And then I would have to say right now, because of the structure, um, the defense, and goaltending, Claude Julien, I'd give a slight edge in the number two hole to Montreal. After that, I think it's going to be quite a fight between the Winnipeg Jets, the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, and thanks to the four-game series of the Flames and Canucks, I would put them after that, but I wouldn't sleep on the Canucks, Kelly, either. I think they're starting they're starting to find it. So yeah. here, here's what I'll leave you with today. Tonight we're going to watch meeting number two. There's going to be ten. I'm not so sure that the fourth and final playoff spot in the North isn't going to come down to the Battle of Alberta. Yeah, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. $100 gift card to a Rooster's Steakhouse. Going to Steve Cousin, you can uh, get involved as well. That is Lou's Mailbag. Lou's Mailbag, brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Relax and enjoy while Ruth's Chris makes the experience safe and comfortable for everyone. Book your table today. Go Flames Go! Lou, 
we got uh, a couple big games back to back and then uh, a bunch more next week. It's uh, the Flames radio guys are going to be busy just the way you like it. Oh, this yeah. is very interesting tonight and tomorrow. Oh, it most certainly is. And you want to talk about emotional engagement? Um, you know, I don't know what it says about me as a dad, but when your own kid is on the other side, you want to talk about managing a rivalry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it goes come come uh, come uh, Saturday yeah, night. Hopefully he still wants to <laughs> hopefully he still wants to talk to me by Sunday. See how that goes. I know why his mother doesn't, oh but that's God. a different that's story a, for a different time. Story. Okay, Lou, you'll be on uh, at six with the guys and uh, you and Derek will have the call uh, tonight and tomorrow. Look forward to it. Thanks okay, so much. Have a great weekend, everybody. Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. In our conversation with Peter Lubardius, we did talk about our uh, our new meal kits that were uh, supporting local, helping out a great local company, and uh, making sure that maybe it's a few less trips to the grocery store you have to do in these COVID times. It is kind of cool. We started with uh, Boomer, Rhett Warner, and Ryan Pinder. So they had their three meals, and you can order those right now. But we're also a little little preview for you. The Flames Radio guys are next up with their orders, and it's kind of cool. It, it's it, You've seen them advertised on TV. This is the awesome local Calgary version of that. Uh, 48 hours notice. Uh, each meal's uh, for two people. They get it right to your door. A fair deal. And it's F-A-R-E deal. You can link to it off our website. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Wholesale marketplace and grocery delivery from a fair to remember catering. We've worked with them for years and years. Uh, They've been around in Calgary for 26 years. And here's their way of kind of reinventing themselves in these times. And uh, it really helps out. And I'll tell you, the, the food is great. So we started off with Boomer's Jambalaya, Pinter's Burrito Bowl, and Rhett's Cashew Chicken. And uh, so you can order that. You can do three, two, one, whatever you want to do. Prices are all there. You just got to get registered, just like you do on Amazon or whatever. It's it's easy to do. It. Mine's coming today, by the way. So I'll give you the scoop tomorrow, or uh, on on Monday after I cook them all up. Looking forward to it. It is a busy show. Uh, news out of the AJHL. We'll check in with our pal in Kaylee, Alberta. See what he's doing. And next, it's Eric Francis Fridays right here on Sportsnet nine sixty. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Battle of Alberta is upon us. Lots to talk about here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Coming up, we're going to uh, get a little AJHL update just before 1 o'clock. We'll uh, see what's going on with them. They're coming back to play. We'll get all the details from our pal Gino. But first, it's Eric Francis Fridays. Uh, Let's talk to Eric Francis Fridays. (laughs) The man himself brought to you by Hyatt Infinity, get three payments on the house when you lease or finance a 2020 or 2021 model. Hyatt Infinity, Heritage, Ro- Heritage Meadows Road on Luxury Lane. Eric, I'll, uh, I'm going to do a Rob Kerr. I'm going to give you a real uh, softball question, butter you up, and then I'll come with the heavy stuff. Are you, are you ready? It's a little broadcasting. Bring it, brother. Trick. Bring it. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, how much, in in terms of minutes, will your attention be on the uh, the outdoor uh, game, uh, the out at Lake Tahoe this weekend? Will you care at all? Uh, 
I'll tune it in because I'm interested to see. Like, I'm, I've looked at some of the photos, and I think it's cool that there's going to be – there are going to be, like, live evergreen trees, you know, feet away from the ring. Yeah. I want to see the scene. I I have to see it. Like I will tune in, but no, my interest is not high. However, those are two, two of the top three teams in the NHL, in my opinion, uh, Colorado and Vegas. Um, But I'll just say this and I'll defend the outdoor game till the day I die. Nobody cares about the outdoor game unless it's in your neck of the woods. Now I'm not really sure whose neck of the woods that is in terms of the home team. Uh, I mean, I know, but I just, I'm not sure how drawn to it people are going to be, but it's a celebration of the game. It's no different than the all-star game. It's a big deal in the city that it's in. Um, and this has great aesthetics. And I think it's great that the league does these. I, 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 I don't like criticism of, Oh, they're doing this again. Who cares? If it doesn't affect your team. Then you're not interested. Don't worry about it. Don't criticize it. But when your team is involved or your city's involved, it's a big celebration of the game and the league probably, uh, they do a great job with that. So, I'm not going to condone it. I'm not going to condemn it. Yeah. I'm going to say, great. I want to tune in, but I'm not going to watch the game. The, obviously, the novelty is is long past for 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 most fans. Yeah, I I always tune them in, no matter if it's kind of a you know the one at Dodger Stadium was kind of cool. I mean, I I just think they're they're kind of neat to watch. I, I I'm curious to see how if it works at Lake Tahoe, wouldn't it work out in Lake Louise? Yeah, I knew you were going there. Wouldn't didn't, you're one of your favorite places, Eric? Wouldn't that imagine playing the Battle of Alberta back to back like that? It'd be it'd be unbelievable. Like, is there a more iconic site in this country? I don't think so. I, I was married at the Chateau there, so it's always been special to me. My favorite assignment over the years. I covered World Cup skiing for like 15 years up there. Like, that's just the most magical place in Canada, in my opinion. And that that uh, that photo would be. One of the greatest yeah. photos that the NHL could ever, ever come up with. Problem is, it's a national park. And so you've got to go through a ton of red tape. But, you know, I hopefully the national parks would even see the upside, you know, in, in tourism. Alberta, God knows, oh, they're always... You want a free three-hour like commercial for your place? Yeah. Essentially? And, and, and again, the, what's fascinating about this Lake Tahoe, I mean, I, I, are there going to be any fans there? I don't think so, right? No. So, you know, if you do the one in, in Lake Louise... You know, the, the question was, if it's a national park, how could you allow five or 10,000 people, whatever you could seat around there? Um, you can't do it. You're not, you know, plus all the, I don't even know about the weight of all that on, on, a, on a body of water as, as thick as the ice may be. Anyway, I, if you're not going to have any fans, then why not do it at Lake Louise of all the places? I think it'd be so incredible. That people in Alberta would get excited about. Again, maybe people out east wouldn't care. But people in Alberta would be thrilled about that. So, again, don't come down on it, people. It, it's, it is a cool change of pace. And tell me if I'm wrong, but when you tune in, aren't you praying that it snows every time? Like, oh, I don't care where sure it you is. Are. For sure you are. You want The game in, in, yeah. in Regina between the Jets and the Flames looked so Magic. amazing on TV. It was Magic. I remember the guys showing me the, you know, Derek and Pat sending me the pictures of where they were broadcasting from and how it looked amazing. So I, I think it's pretty cool. So I know kind of sometimes the cynical media guys go, oh, outdoor games, oh, whatever. I think, I think it's pretty neat. It is Eric Francis yeah. Fridays for uh, Hyatt Infinity. Now comes the hard stuff. It's been an interesting uh, little uh, news cycle when it comes to the Calgary Flames. You were on this radio station yesterday, I do believe. You were talking with Scott Rintoul, and you were talking about David Riddick 
And you had basically said, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but essentially you said something like the Flames uh, brass and coaching staff, they're a little scared to put David Riddick in, um, but they're going to have to. So tell me your thoughts on, on, on where it's for a guy that has not played a whole bunch and to be able to dial it up big time in a few hours. Give me your thoughts on, on the Flames playing David Riddick. I think the organization is terrified to play him. Uh, I think that, you know, a start like this is going to be, this could be one of the biggest starts of his career. This guy's fighting for his career right now. He's lost the last six or seven games he's played, uh, you know, since the stick flip, you know, in Edmonton when he was still kind of a 1A, 1B starter. His record is, I, I saw just a 4 and 8, save percentage of like 880, goals against of like 360, like, it's been abysmal, and that's three years in a row. He had a second-half slide. Uh, this year's two starts were shaky at best. Uh, I think we all agree that even if Markstrom plays 45 games this year, and he may be forced to play that much. I never thought that was going to be a possibility, but even if he, only, if he plays that much, you still need David Riddick to be a competent NHLer for this team to make the playoffs. Like He's an important piece of this team's playoff hopes. And I think it's pretty evident it's going to be a tight race right to the end for this team to get into the playoffs. And you're going to need Riddick to be, uh, you know, a better than average goalie over the course of that. And the way he's trended, the way it went in the summer with that horrific, you know, three quarters of a period or whatever, he was put in an impossible situation. But none of this is added up to helping his confidence. And he's a goalie that plays with a ton of emotion, which I think is a terrible idea. Any goalie who plays with emotion to me is not an NHL goalie. He thrives on it, he says. He says he'll never change. He says it's an important part of his game. And I think that may end up being his downfall uh, in so many ways. He can't, you can't be emotional in that. I, I don't think you can. So I think this is a huge, huge moment in his career. He's fighting for his career. He's a UFA at the end of this year. Um, if he doesn't get his act together, um, he won't be – uh, well, he certainly won't be in Calgary next year if he doesn't get his act together. And I'm not sure he'll be anywhere in the league next year. Might have to go back to Europe. So I, I know he was an all-star last year. I know people love him. I think even people who love him are terrified about what might happen tonight or over the course of his next couple of starts. It's just a real troubling trend. And I, I love the guy. I think he's phenomenal for the game. I love the emotional part of his game. Uh, I'm just being real. I'm being real that this is a very legitimate concern. And hey, Maybe he'll prove me wrong and everybody wrong tonight. And when I say prove me wrong, I don't, I don't think he's going to bomb tonight. But I certainly fear that that's something that could happen to him. Um, you're playing against one of the highest-powered offenses in the league, a team that's on a roll. You're playing against a team that's on its heels right now, unsure of itself. Like The, the only thing that gives you any optimism if you're a playing fan is the fact that they've bounced back from these things a million times before. Uh, and they also have a real damn good record against the Oilers over the last several years. So it's not all doom and gloom, uh, you know, for me or for, or should it be for fans, but it's scary. I think people have to admit that right now it's a little bit scary what the flames are walking into over the next couple of days. Cause if they lose both these games, I think that the mood on Monday will be in this city. Oh my God, we're dead in the water. I think people will be thinking that, especially since you're playing the Leafs the next two games after that. Yeah. Well, I was just going to, that was my next question that you kind of segue into is, so Flames Oilers back to back and then out east against Toronto and then Ottawa. If you take these let's just take the first four games here. 
um, three of which obviously are on the road. What does success look like for the Flames in turn of in terms of points coming out of this? That's a great question, Kelly. Like you look at those opponents, and one surging, and the other is the top Number of one. the table. Yeah, yeah, and you know, are you does five hundred keep everybody uh, in check, or does it how they get to five hundred? Good point. So I think that if you're looking at it realistic, I think two out of four is. Not bad, especially considering the team is pretty fragile right now. And I know they've won four of six, but we all saw them just get outplayed by Vancouver three out of the last four games. Um, but they found a way to win four out of six, so we can't take that away from them. And this has been a resilient bunch. You know, as, as down as everybody is on their work ethic or questioning their heart or the core or all these other questions, even the coach saying that they don't give a crap sometimes, you know, uh, you know, it's always been a resilient group. And just when you count them out, they seem to bounce back. And this is that perfect opportunity for them to do that once more. And it wouldn't shock anybody if they did it. So, you know, they probably deserve the benefit of the doubt. I'm not sure they've earned it by the way they've gone about their business and their inconsistent ways. Um, But, yeah, I think two out of four should be considered pretty good against who they're playing. But I don't think it'll quell the the angry masses. I, I think that if they, they finish two for four and go into Ottawa, I think people would be um, not very happy. So I don't know what will satisfy this fan base right now. People are just in a bad mood, a surly mood about this team right now. And I think the biggest reason is this. If you're getting paid that amount of money, and on paper, this is a damn good team, but on the ice, they're not. And people say, you're paid all that money. This GM's assembled a pretty damn good team from top to bottom, I think. And, and the questionable thing right now is, Maybe your work ethic or your professionalism in terms of approaching games and starting on time, that's inexcusable for people. So I understand the vitriol right now. I understand the frustration people are going through uh, because it's, it's, it's legit. Okay, but if I took you back and we had this conversation on December 27th and we were kind of doing our little, our little season preview, and I said, okay, they got back-to-back against Edmonton, and then they're in Toronto, a place they've, you know, it's, it's tough, tough slugging in there. No fans, I get that. If you would have said to me, okay, what do you put your money on? I say if they, if they get four out of eight points out of that situation with the travel and, and all that kind of stuff, I take that in, in a heartbeat. So I, I just I know the fans are upset and they want to see better effort, but it, it's there's still lots of hockey to go, and there's lots, you know, we've seen some good stuff from the Flames. We've seen some stuff that's, that's, that's scary too, but it's certainly fixable. I, I don't know if, if, if people are getting too excited over these games because they mean so much, Eric. I don't know. But I, for me, if they get, if, you know, by the time you, you come on the show uh, next week and, you know, got to get an Ottawa game in there too. Like if, if they've got like six points out of the deal, I think everyone's going to be, everyone should be happy. I don't know if they will be or not. Well, if they get six of eight, I think people should be over the moon. But I, I think uh, I'll go back to kind of how you phrased it earlier. You know, it's how they go about playing in these next four games. I think even, you know, if they if they only win two or four, uh, but they're they're they play complete games. There's no, you know, one of these terrible starts or or a period where they get outshot by 15 shots, which has happened what three or four times this year. You know, I, as long as they put in complete efforts, I think people will be content. You know, I'll take you back to when the Leafs came and visited for a couple games earlier this year. Um, you ask any player in that dressing room and they'll tell you that uh, the, the one game against the Leafs was probably their best effort of the entire year. 
yet they lost on a couple of, well, three bad bounces. All three goals went in off Flames players and in. So, you know, it's not always the result that you have to look at. It's, it's the process. And, and that is exactly why people are so surly right now about the Flames, because the process has been shoddy and inconsistent and unprofessional in people's eyes. So, you know, go out and put a good effort in. Put in 60 minutes. Even if you lose three or four, uh, that, that's still not going to cut it. But if, if you're filling in two or four, people will be okay with it. And then you got four against Ottawa, so that'll be interesting too. Not a not a pushover or anything, but well, this will be interesting to see. Uh, how they, yeah, or are they? I think the Flames. I think the Flames are unfortunate to be the last Canadian team to feast on on this Ottawa team because you know every single game they're going to get a little bit better and a little bit more confident with this young Ottawa team, and and by the end of the year, I think they're going to be playing 500 hockey. And you know, the later you meet them. Uh, the better chances that they're a much better team. So everybody's been feasting on them right now where they're just trying to find their feet. The Calgary Flames get them a lot later than everybody else. I think it's just an unfortunate piece of the, uh, the puzzle for their schedule. But that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Still, yeah. at the end of the day, no matter how they play these four games right now, when you go into Ottawa, I see it as a ton of pressure on this yeah. team. You need those points. You, you need you, them. You, that, yeah, everybody in the league's won three out of four against them minimum. Um, and if you don't win three out of four, you're losing pace against everybody even more. So there's a lot of pressure when they go into Ottawa. It's not, it's not like, oh, we can exhale. If this team does exhale, as they tend to do from time to time, this team will be really in trouble. And if you think the masses are kind of upset right now, go into Ottawa and only win two out of four and see how the people feel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> first things first, Battle of Alberta. What are you, write, <laughs> what are you writing for uh, sportsnet.ca? Uh, well, I wrote yesterday, you know, just talked about how, you know, the fans are all questioning the coach, the coach is questioning the players, the players are questioning one another. You know, there's so many questions around this team. And, uh, you know, the biggest question really is what's next, you know, how are you going to respond to all this? And, uh, you know, that's what I wrote yesterday. And it's, it's getting quite a lot of traction on, on sports set right now. Cause I think the players all admitted we're at a very pivotal moment, a pivotal yeah. moment, yep. you know, both Kachuk and, and Lucic agreed with me when I said, you know, all this noise, and I know you guys say you, you got to drown it out, but do you agree that this is a pivotal moment? They both said, absolutely. This is a big, crucial moment. And I know we're only 16 games in, but, you know, that's a quarter of the way through the season. So, I, I uh, you know, we'll be covering the game tonight. We'll be covering the game tomorrow night. Um, and, you know, again, I'll go back to it. To me, the storyline tonight is, and, and, and in the Battle of Alberta, the beauty is it could change with one check, one punch, one one cross check, whatever, one goal. But to me, the story going in is David Riddick. He's the biggest story of this game, in my opinion. Maybe other people don't look at it that way, but I think he's the guy I'll be watching the closest tonight for the broadcast. Okay, well, we appreciate it. I know you'll be back with Ryan coming up on Monday. Uh, have a great weekend, and we'll uh, we'll watch the hockey games and, and look for your articles as uh, this will be an interesting, oh, 10 days or so for the Calgary Flames. Oh, my God, will it ever. Thanks, Cal. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. You know what? There's Eric Francis Fridays, brought to you by Hyatt Infinity. Save up to 15000 on the 2020 QX80 with a cash purchase. Hyatt Infinity, Heritage Meadows Road on Luxury Lane. All right. We teased it off the top. Uh, it's not very often we would go to Cayley, Alberta, but I'll tell you, when it's time to do that, it is time to do that. And we're, uh, we're going to go uh, see what we can find out about the AJHL. Gino DePauli is next, right here on Sportsnet. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
Uh, here we go for your Friday. Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon. And we thought we'd uh, finish the show off with a bang. Like a massive bang. Because it's been a while since we've talked to this maniac. So we thought we'd get him on the phone. Gino, what's happening in Cayley, Alberta right now? Tell me everything. Well, house stocks have probably gone up about 3% every time you said Kaylee. I think you could do a prop bet how many times you're going to say that today. I love it. I, I'm excited to be back. Can you change your name to Kaylee? Because I think that's just, you know, I just always think, you know, when I when I see it on a map, I think, I know a guy from there. It's awesome. Well, I, I technically live outside of Kaylee. I don't live in the hamlet that is Kaylee, Alberta. Yeah, it's too too big city for you. Is that the deal? Yeah. You know, coming into Calgary as I am right now, it's a little... You know, it's overwhelming some days, Kelly, but oh, excited. It's, a, it's been a great – it's playoff hockey weather, it feels like. To me it right does. Now. It's it's the bright lights in the big city. Uh, he is down the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Gino DePauli joins us, uh, the voice of the Okotoks Oilers. You hear him on this radio station from time to time. And Well, Gino, uh, we may have some news from the AJHL. Kind of tell us what's going on. Yes, uh, really exciting news. It's been kind of in developments for the last – two or three weeks, Kelly, it kind of got some legs to her at least a couple weeks ago when you were, I was finding out that from anonymous sources that players were starting to go into a mini quarantine before getting on to, you know, getting reporting to their respective teams. And that kind of festered a little quicker. And then you saw the Western hockey league's announcement a couple or well, goodness, a few weeks ago before that. And now that the AJHL is able to go under the same, health regulations as the WHL and get the proper testing. They'll be tested for COVID once a week. Uh, they're ready to play. So it looks like we're going to see potentially some AJHL hockey start in March and potentially a three-month season that will conclude at the end of May, which is kind of where the, if you had a national championship, that's would be ending if you had a regular season and into a good playoff run anyway. So it's, it is what it is. It's 24 games. Whenever it starts, it could be three-team cohorts. There's still a little bit more of those details to be ironed out. But as we know for right now, there'll be no fans at all. There used to be 100 when the first start of the AJHL happened. And unfortunately, that won't be the case this time. So unfortunately, people will have to buck up and either pay for hockey TV or they'll have to listen to guys like me for free. Yeah, it was interesting because... Do you know, like when they when they got back to playing, and they 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 had a plan, and they had a million meetings, and then, you know, the Canmore Eagles go into Drumheller or wherever they went, and then one guy's not feeling too well, and they take a bus trip back, and they all get sick, and then there's controversy to, about the coach and stuff. So, it has been uh, it has been interesting so far, as all hockey leagues have had, you know, more Zoom calls than actual games, obviously. Oh, isn't that the truth? It's just—it's one of those things. You're, you're kind of, I always kept hearing, yeah, they're going to try and play. I'm like, okay, this is a small, these are small market teams that, you know what, they don't have a, a millionaire that's going to bail them out. Like kind of like there is some backing in the Western League for situations like that. But as of right now, it looks like everybody's going to be in a position to be successful. I think the biggest challenge will be, like you kind of mentioned with Canmore, there was the talks of not having like, if a player isn't feeling too well on the bus, like, oh, okay, you, you'll just stay away from everybody and you'll isolate yourself to get home, but you spread it to an entire team. And, you know, there wasn't just them involved. There was the Calgary Canucks. There was the Drumheller Dragons, the Oak Tokes Oilers that had cases that everybody recovered from. Everybody's okay, no complications. And kudos to all those guys that got, you know, got on top of it right away. I know the Oilers were right at the front of it when there was a case. Everybody was sent home immediately and, to your safe quarantine and 
they haven't heard much since. Obviously, it's been pretty quiet. But kudos to guys like Tyler Dice, Kevin Hasselberg, and the entire league for getting where they need to be to get to a spot. So I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll get off and start it in the right foot. It'll be interesting. I'm more intrigued with the cell teams, obviously, just because of the nucleus of Calgary. The North team's a little more spread out. You don't have as tight quarters. So we'll see what happens, and hopefully we got some hockey to talk about here and some great stories that can come out of a quick, not even a sprint, it's a 100-meter dash. Yeah, it's it's going to be different when the – I mean – you thought those games were important before, but when you're playing your division guys and whew, it's going to be fun though. Yep. I mean, that's, that's kind of neat. You know, it's, it's going to add to the intrigue of the whole thing. Oh, I, I think so. I, you know, you, there's a couple of teams. I know Brooks was two and O before the, uh, the pause, the, uh, the shutdown for a bit. Okotoks was three and O they had beaten Calgary and olds. And now uh, I, I don't know the ramifications from that. If those points get carried over, I assume they do. We're still, it's still very fresh. So I, I, again, am extremely intrigued at, at what could possibly brew out of this. And the one thing is there's going to be no fans. So it's like there's not, they're definitely taking all the precautions and there's not going to be a heck of a lot of money being made. So I'm hoping that when things do open up, eventually I'm hoping normal in the fall, you'll see flocks of fans come back and support these teams that did definitely go through the mud here in the last seven months yeah. or seven, eight months. With no fans, those dulcet tones of yours, Gino, will just boom through those rings. It'll be crazy. It'll well, be distracting for so. the players in some ways. Like, who is, is that the voice of God? No, that's Gino DePauli calling a goal or a, well, or, or something or a fight. Or, I got or I'll tease you a little bit okay. here. I may have a new color commentator that people uh, seem to love in the city of Calgary. So I'm, we'll, we'll keep that up. A little wow. bit there, a tease. That's a tease right there. That is you. just, you just leave us hanging. I do. Unless you want to keep talking. We can, well, his will on it one, we can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Kaylee, you got to get out of here because I, I got stuff to do, right. so. You, I got you, bud. All I right. got you, bud. Th- thanks a lot, Gino. We'll talk soon. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. And there we go. Gino DePauli talking about the AJHL, trying to get their season restarted. He comes down the... Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline now open for limited dining service with all safety precautions in place. Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the best pizza, pasta, steaks, and ribs since 1975. Check them out. Uh, 6060 Memorial Drive in the Northeast. The weekend, hockey games, pizza, pasta, steaks, ribs in, in, in the place or at your house. Whichever. How about that? Um, Logan Gordon, what is uh, Will Nault got cooking for us on, on a Friday, on a game day? Uh, we'll hear some Flames audio getting you set for the Battle of Alberta tonight. Uh, Renaud Lavoie from TVS Sports going to join us at uh, 1.30 and take a quick look around uh, the North Division, get a heads up on what's happening with Montreal. They just recently finished up their uh, break in the schedule, and they'll get back uh, to things pretty soon here. So we'll check in okay. with Ren and, and get a look around the uh, happenings of Montreal at 1.30. Okay, so we'll do that. Steinberg joins it too. Of course, Flames warm-up will go live from the Envision. Envision Custom Renovations Hot Stove Lounge at 6 o'clock. Play-by-play with Derek and Lou from the Dome at 7. And uh, we just back everything up by an hour the next day up in Edmonton. So we're uh, we're going to be all over it. So check us out. Looking forward to it. No matter what, no matter what you're doing this weekend, you got to keep Calgary Flames Radio around. Will Nultz ready to go live from Mahogany. He's fired up. He's been drinking coffee all morning. We'll see what he says next right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan.